Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I have a lovely conversation with Alex L., a wellness educator and certified breathwork coach on the importance of journaling, but not just journaling to vent, journaling to take you on a path of reconceptualization, creating forward motion in your life. We also talk about the importance of modeling how we handle our experiences as adults in front of our children with authenticity to help them deal with the challenges of life. We touch on how to stop trying to convince people to change and do better and instead focus on one's own journey. Join me now as we begin this conversation. Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. Alex, it's such a privilege and honor to have you in the studio with me today and to be talking to you about your fabulous new book, How We Heal. I love it. It's beautiful. I've Thank enjoyed you. you know, going through the book and there's just so many great pieces of wisdom that you have in here. So before we begin and dive into the book and just dig out some pearls of wisdom, just tell my audience who you are, what you do and why you've made such an impact on the world. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's, so, it's such an honor to be able to chat with you. So my name is Alex L. I'm an author. I'm a certified breathwork coach, and I'm also a restorative writing teacher. So that's just my fancy way of saying that I, I help people get closer to themselves on the pages of their journals. So a big part of my work is not just to write books, but to get other people writing. Oh, I love that. And writing is just so vitally important for helping organize the chaos in our minds. So I'm excited to talk more about that. Okay, so that's fantastic. So tell me, how would you take someone on a journey when you talk about that kind of, you know, that, that what you do? What is the journey that you take people along? That's a really good question. I actually just got back from teaching a seven-day writing retreat in Arizona. So I was teaching two classes a day for a week. And, you know, it's really interesting. It's different when we are in person because we can really dive deep together, right? As far as my books go, what I like to get people to do is not only read the work, but start reflecting on their own healing on their own work that needs to be done. So in how we heal, we have my stories and, and my guided 
wisdom, but also we have breaks where folks can do breath work. They can do meditation. They can do a journaling practice. And I think it's really important that we remind ourselves that we are our own greatest teacher. And when it comes to healing and when it comes to transformation, there has to be this sense of self-trust. And so a lot of the work that I do around healing and self-care is learning how to trust ourselves that we are on the right path, even when we feel like we may not be. And so I guide people through their own truth-telling, naming what they need, honoring their desires, giving themselves permission to put down things that don't belong to them anymore or never did in the first place. And so just finding different practices to get people up close and personal with trusting themselves. It's so important. And you know, it's interesting how you you talk about it in terms of the journaling because people, I was having an interesting discussion with someone yesterday, and this is something I've encountered also with my patients over the years, is that it's one thing to put the stuff down and it's another thing to get stuck in that negative cycle of just pouring out your woes. But you at some point have to transition from pouring out what's happened or how frustrated and so on to how's it going to transition over. And I'm wondering if that's something in your work that you have encountered. Do you take people through transitions? Do you see a journey of change? You know, these different levels of writing and journaling that happen. Yes, absolutely. And I always tell folks, journaling and writing in general doesn't have to be a dear diary experience. And I get a lot of folks who are like, I've tried journaling, I don't like it, or I've you know, had to do it in therapy and I'm just recounting all of my trauma and I don't want to do that. And, I'm, and I encourage people, you don't have to do that. You can simply start with the prompt like, I am choosing joy because, and make a list of the reasons why you want to choose joy in your life. I think it's really important mm-hmm. that, and I tell this to my clients and my students, Like, yes, healing our trauma is so vital and important, but also healing so that we can tap into our joy and inner peace is extremely beneficial. We don't have to just sit in our trauma. I often say trauma is not our resting place. Exactly. How do we get up from that? How do we make the choice? Okay, yes, that thing happened to me and I'm still choosing to move my way through that. I'm still choosing to heal my way through that. And when we think about healing, we should be thinking about it as a communal act. So I I, I say that self-care is an act of community care. And to take that step, that one step further would be self-healing is an act of community service. When we heal ourselves, we heal each other. When we heal ourselves, we heal our lineage, right? And so how are we not only dismantling trauma and breaking cycles, But how are we preparing for joy and self-celebration and getting over that mountain that we had to climb? Because there's always going to be another mountain, right? But it's like, okay, joy deserves to be on this ride with us. And when it shows up, not turning away from it because we don't think we're worthy of it, but instead turning towards it and saying, I welcome you. Oh, I love that. Life is this series of undulating hills with a couple of mountains and ravines in between (laughs) that we kind of crash into. But I love how you have actually gone, and I'm going to use 
term to kind of summarize what you're saying that I use a lot, and that is go beyond just the mindfulness. You know, so it's yeah. like if I'm hearing you correctly, it's the breath work is a preparation. It's preparing on a scientific level, I'd say the psychoneurobiology, the neurophysiology, and get you into that state where you can then do the work. So it's, if I'm mm-hmm. hearing you correctly, there's a, this, there's a preparation, then there's the work, and then there's the, okay, let's go beyond. And I love yes. that because that is what I teach in my systems as well. And that's what appealed to me about your work is that you're not just getting people, let's just meditate, let's just become aware of the now, let's just breathe, let's just write down our things, which everyone's telling everyone to do. Your stuff is different in in that respect. And you know that's why I relate so much to your work. Can you just talk a little bit more about how it is actually different? You started, I mean, you started the process, but let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about this going beyond. Yes, the mountain, yes, the find the root, yes, the trauma is so relevant. We can't just gloss over. We have to reconceptualize. But let's talk about a little bit more depth about that because I think that's very glossed over sometimes. People think, oh, hey, yeah, I'll do a bit of breathing. I'll do some meditation. I'll do a bit of journaling. Now what? Yeah. And they often feel worse. Yeah, because they're not allowing themselves the space to really see what's happening, right? A lot of us just go through the motions, which is not helpful to our healing. So something that is also really pivotal to my work is learning positive self-talk by way of affirmations. But something that I tell people is that affirmations without action are just words. Absolutely. (laughs) So you need the actionable steps. So something that we unpack in my courses and when I'm teaching retreats, it's like, okay, if you're putting down, I am worthy or I am enough, that's great and beautiful. And you are, but why, how, Mm -hmm. when, when will you start taking the steps to lean into your worthiness? How can you do that? How can you implement these things in your life? I mean, after teaching this retreat and I I go to Arizona every quarter to teach for about seven to 10 days. And my goal isn't just to teach people there. I'm like, I want to go home with you, you know, but Mm -hmm. you have to take these tools with you. Just like in therapy, I will never forget having a wonderful therapist who told me that I was my own greatest expert, that she was there to help guide me closer to myself, but she did not have my answers. And I remember feeling so scared about that, but really empowered because it's the work that we do outside of therapy. It's the work that we do outside of writing retreats. It's the work that we do on our own terms, right? That really has the lasting impact. And so we have to learn how to implement these things in our lives, which is what I try to teach folks how to do. Like you don't have to sit down for an hour to journal. You don't have to sit on the cushion to get your meditation. I make tea. I make coffee. That's a meditative state. I go for walks and I listen to the nature. That's meditation. How can we bring in moving meditation into our lives? It's all about making time for the things that we know are going to nurture our well-being and our overall mental wellness and our mental wealth is how I like to say it. Because we can write down all the affirmations we want. We can sit on the cushion for hours at a time. If we get up and there are no, we're not taking what we learned on the cushion or what we learned in class into our real life. We're not doing much, right? And so it's like, we have to find harmony within that. I'm sure it will come as no surprise to you that to think well and manage your mental health, your brain needs proper nourishment. But many of us don't have the time to take multiple different products all day long for better brain and body health, more energy and optimized immune systems. This is why I love Athletic Greens. It has just what I need in one drink. 
Best of all, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. Honestly, Athletic Greens has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning when I wake up. Even my husband, who can't stand things that taste too green, loves his Athletic Greens in the morning. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your brain, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. I love that so much. That application side is so is so important. I showed with some of the research that I do, the neurobiological research that I do, or psychoneurobiological, mind, brain, body, that if you just create awareness, if you just do the breathing, if you just do the journey, if you just do that now moment stuff, which you can, you're never really in the now, you're always in the past and present as well, you actually will get worse because you have to land the plane. You know, you've brought all this stuff up. But now you have to say, what am I going to do? What's, you know, sometimes you're also not going to find the answers, are you, Alex? We, no. You know, we, we're not going to, exactly, we, we're going to find the wisdom within us. But I love how you said, find that joy. I often talk about peace. The, the, the stuff is inside of you, but part of that, and, and please correct me if you correct me if you think if, think differently. But this is how I see it as well, and how I teach my clients is that when we come to peace, when we find that inner joy, when we find that inner wisdom, we have a sense of peace and an acceptance of what we don't understand. So there's Absolutely. a huge, massive part of what we don't actually understand. So mm-hmm. awareness without landing the plane actually makes you worse. But we've got mm-hmm. to get to the point of acceptance so we can move forward. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I see that a lot. And I often tell folks like, this isn't Band-Aid work. No. This is forever. I I say in How We Heal, healing is a forever love. Healing is a forever friend. We have to start looking at it as a partner in this life because a part of human suffering, a, a part of life is human suffering, unfortunately, is grieving. Yeah is all the the loss that we'll have and and all the successes. And sometimes we find deep grief in our success and in our joy because there are certain people who may not be around to celebrate with us or who may not be happy for us. So there's always this cycle Mm. constantly of having to tap into our healing and to the tools that we learn in therapy, in coaching, in these retreats. I, I don't like when people you know, think they're coming to my class to escape something. Mm, No, you're coming to my class to lean into something. Uh And we bring a lot of things to the surface and we give ourselves permission to look at it. I There's a whole chapter in How We Heal called Befriend Your Fear. Let's and, talk about that. That's great. Let's talk yeah. about that because that's one of the chapters I actually had I had underlined that I wanted you to talk about. So that's fantastic. Let's dive into that. That's chapter two. Yes, chapter two. Yes, yes. So we open befriending our fear with, as we start to peel back more layers to access deeper healing, we must reframe how we look at fear and address our pain points. Putting our pain on the page and finding ways to self-soothe during moments of anxiety and stress remind us to slow down and be fully present with ourselves and our tenderness. Often we get so caught up in the pain that we can't access self-compassion. We can't heal if we keep holding ourselves hostage to what we did or didn't do. 
This work requires acceptance and grace for what we cannot change. How do we move forward and grow through it? We look at our fear, hurt, and sadness, and we face it without contention or judgment. We hold ourselves accountable without punishing and hating ourselves if we did something wrong in the past or acted out of character. Beautiful, beautiful. So much jumps out at me on that page, but I wanted to, the sentence that like really jumped out first was we can't heal if we keep holding ourselves hostage to what we did or didn't do. I tell you, that's something that even my, I've experienced that. I think, I don't think there's anyone who hasn't experienced that, but that's one of the things that can really get you caught up in a cycle of if only and regret. And like, that's really a blockage to moving forward. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't help us. It doesn't help us expand. It doesn't help us heal. If we if we decide that that is where we're, our resting place is going to be in the pit of the pain, in the pit of the fear, in the pit of the the what ifs, how are we gonna how are we gonna heal? How are we going to find that acceptance that we both speak so freely about? We have to find a way to accept what we cannot change or what we did or didn't do with compassion, with grace, and with understanding. Is it easy? Absolutely not. (laughs) It is a work in practice. You know, we have to practice it. That's it. Practice. And that is so vital because you've literally got to get your mind, brain, and body to rewire. And your mind is not your brain. So your mind's got to do this work and tell your brain what to do. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but you know, we, you can tell someone this, they can start writing this on the page and they're in that workshop. So they're in kind of a day one or a day two situation. But from the work in that I've done in neuroscience, it takes cycles of 63 days for that behavior to actually manifest. So when you talk about yeah. practice, they're literally going to have to go from your workshop which is the catalyst. It's the day one scenario or it's the preparation for the day one scenario. Then they're going to have to go and work in cycles of 63 days of applying. So they're not going to get in one workshop. If they, if they are not. stuck in regret, they, they're going to have to go and, get, then go and practice, which is in rewiring the mind, brain, body connection to be able mm-hmm. to have that show up in their lives. And I think mm-hmm. that's one, don't you think that's one of the hardest parts for people to work through is my first question related to this. And then the second question is, do you get a lot of people saying, Alex, how, what must I do asking for very, very specific stuff? And how do you answer that? Yes, this is the hardest part. I actually had quite a few folks stay with me the whole week in Arizona. And towards the end, they said, this is getting easier. And I said, I know, keep practicing because it's going to take more than a week to do that unlearning and relearning and reframing. And so, yes, it is very hard, (laughs) but I had people, you know, I have people show up ready to, to try. And I think that that's really beautiful. People don't ask me specifically how, because I often tell them, I start off every class with, I don't have your answers. So good. Only you do. If you're here for advice, you should get up and leave because I don't have that. I don't have advice. I have my life experience that I'm open to sharing with you. And maybe we'll find some community in that. But at the end of the day, you're here to show up and find out your own how, your own why, and your own when. And really your own where, like where does this show up in my life? Why does it show up in my life? How do I continue this cycle going or how do I want to break this cycle? 
how do I want to heal? So that's why this book is called How We Heal, because it's not just my stories, but it's also some really phenomenal women I interviewed in the book. And they talk about their own healing work and what that looks like for them. And so it's this collective of trying to find the how and trying to identify the why, but only we can do that for ourselves. Our therapist can't, our coach can't, our mentor can't, our friends can't. <laughs> I I Don't feel like do that. I feel like I'm listening to myself. I don't know how many times I've said this kind of thing because it's so <laughs> we live in a society today where that is really go to the doctor, get your pill, get your quick fix, get your go to the therapist, get your answer. And not all therapists and coaches and counselors do that, but there are a lot that are going and give you know that people are giving answers. We're an over therapeutized nation. And yes. that, that carryover, one of the things I did research on in my early years of work was carryover. You know, it's you, you can achieve quite a lot in therapy, but you know, when it comes to carry over into the real world, that's always quite a challenge. You know, yeah. this is what you're you're really trying to if, if I had to sum up what you're really teaching people to do, you're teaching people to really tap into that inner experience, as you said earlier on. And this is kind of a phrase that I use, but it's a paraphrase of yours. I mean, I think it's a paraphrase of yours. Correct me if I'm wrong, is that you you are only an expert in your own experience. No one else is an expert in your experience. I don't know how many millions of times I've said that. And yeah. that's not the nicest piece of advice people want when they're in a bad place they because don't. they would really like you to give them a you know hey yes. Alex give me the answer what do I do and all you can really say is you know dig deep and find yes that trust that inner knowing that inner wisdom is sacred I tell my clients that all the time but we're conditioned to not listen to ourselves we're raised at a young age to not listen to that inner voice I'm I'm raising three daughters. I have three children, ages 14, four, and two. Oh, you could, yeah, and you're I on have, the other side. I've got them all adults. <laughs> and so, you know, it's interesting to have to practice what I preach as a teacher and as a as a mother, because our children are watching. Absolutely. Right. And they are modeling and they are our mirrors, so to speak. And so what I want to mirror to my child and my children, my daughters is you can trust yourself, especially with my oldest. She looks for a lot of external validation as most human children do. And I give her what she needs. And I also say, well, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you want to do? Growing up, I never had anyone asking me those questions. Sometimes she says, I don't know. I'll think about it. And sometimes her answer is completely different from what what I thought it would have been, right? So it's giving our children, it starts at home. I really feel this way. Giving our children the permission to trust themselves. Because there's going to be so many people in this life outside outside of our home who are going to try to tell them who they are. But if we equip them at home with the tools to know who they are when they go out in the world, man, the game would change completely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Oh, and we would have a whole new generation of the next generation of adults that are actually able to connect with others because you stress so much about community and, yes. and connection because there's a great saying by one of my favorite quantum physicist theorists that it's not about you, it's not it's about you in the world. And you teaching mm. you know, you talk about teaching your children that I have I'm a mother of four, four adults, and I totally agree with you. In fact, so much so that I've just written, just written finished writing a book on how do we teach our children to actually how as parents we teach our children to manage their mental health. And from the age of two mm. and three, you can yes. do this. You can teach our children. So the things that you're saying, I totally, absolutely support 100%. And, yeah. you know, instinctively, we, we know this as parents, but the models of parenting have shifted yes. so much from our instinctive doing this to the sort of you're supposed to be doing this and if your child's not doing this it's because you failed. And so, we, you know, we shift over to helicopter parenting and that kind of thing and mm. you know, concern about if my child's this, it's, you know, all the sort of parenting side of things, it becomes, I can't parent unless I have an expert guiding me. What I'm hearing you say, which is a mirror of how I visualize this and teach this and write about, is it's inside of you as well. Your parenting is inside of you. So as you model this wisdom that you are prepared to I make a mess, I clean it up. You're teaching your child to do the same thing. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I see it with my younger ones too. They, <laughs> Isla is four and Maxie is two and they're 20 months apart. And it's interesting how they regulate each other by like saying, okay, okay, if you're worked up, we need to take deep breaths. And I will catch yes. them sometimes playing and somebody will get frustrated and the other will say, it's okay, let's take a deep breath because that's what we do at home. We take a breath before speaking to each other. We mo- and they are modeling it. They are modeling it. And it is that's just beautiful. so rewarding to see. Yeah. Because uh, that, that, go- that goes to the messaging of how we heal. When we heal ourselves, we heal each other. I love that. And the messaging of this is an ongoing lifelong process. It's not yes. like you now, the mom, you, the adult, you teach these workshops, you've got it together. You're in a process no. of healing. Exactly. <laughs> and <learned> Forever. <laughs> exactly. And Alice, I don't know if you found this being a mom and you being so honestly, is I don't, I don't know how many times my kids have turned around and said, hey, mom, you know, use your neurocycle. Mom, you know, you need it. It's like, like they've turned the wisdom I've given them and they've given me another level of wisdom that's even more insightful than mine and told mm. me something that has, wow, and I've stood back and I've learned something. So the yeah. model transformed the the, the the teacher transformed the learner into the another level of teaching, which then made the teacher the the, the pupil. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's just like yes. a feedback loop. Have you yes. noticed that and in your home as well? Oh, oh with my what's gosh. Happening? Yes. Yes. I mean, we're all students of life, right? And students of each other. I'm oh. a big believer in that. I love that. And there's so much parenting advice out there. And I, I love how we've shifted over to parenting, but it's vital because the well-being of a child is based on the well-being of the adult. So, yeah. And there's so much parenting advice out there that isn't actually recognizing the wisdom of a child to learn. You know, they may not have the language. They don't. It takes time to develop it, but they have the insight. They have the instinct. And if mm. you collaborate, you can create the language together. And then as they grow, they're learning more. Look at your two and four-year-old. They really know to breathe and, and to show empathy and guide. I mean, this is yes. a huge amount of, if we can see our kids doing that. You know, I often find, and, and Alex, I don't know if you find this, when I, t- uh, taught, when I work with children and I was still practicing and training, I found it easier to train children in these complex concepts than adults. And I would train the children. Yes. The children would often then go train the, you know, the adult kind of thing. Did you, do you find <laughs> yes. this as well? Yes. Yes. I mean, 
that goes back to what I said about our children are watching, right? And so, and they're learning and they're absorbing and it is really important. I mean, and not even just if we're caretakers or not, right? Like think about all the people that we encounter in this life and the people that we love in this life. I know that my healing has triggered healing in my mother. I know that healing has triggered healing in my friends. I know that my healing has triggered a lot of things for other people and vice versa. When I see my friends deep in their healing or deep in a a new season of their healing, it is inspirational Mm. to see and to bear witness. So I often talk too about when we give ourselves permission to heal, we are giving others the permission to do the same because they're bearing witness to us. So good. So it goes beyond caretaking. It goes into the workplace. It goes into our familial relationships. It goes into our friendships and our romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So as you said, it is a cycle. And that cycle should be of mirroring one another so that we can feel seen, safe, and supported together. Love it. I love it. I love the cycle. I love how we shift between the being the pupil and the teacher and how this shifts into all of our relationships and those deep meaningful connections. So yeah. incredibly beautiful. I wanted to shift over to, I mean, I want to talk more about your book as well, but I wanted to just shift over to an Instagram post of yours that caught my attention. Maybe it's because I'm 58 now, or nearly 58, I should say. And <laughs> I just caught you, like you said, the older I get, the less I, and then you have seven truths. And, you know, I read these and I thought, oh, I just, this is just like, I didn't, I didn't, I knew this in my, maybe in my thirties or forties, but it's really become a reality as I've got older and so on. So I'm just going to like read one and then let you talk. How about that? Sort of like one of those. Okay. So it's in, it's in Alex's Instagram, which we'll put the link in. I recommend you all follow her daily, beautiful wisdom, calming, peaceful wisdom that you provide. A sense of that joy and inner peace, beautiful. Okay, so the first one, the older I get, the less I want to convince people to change and do better. I just love that. And then you say underneath that, I'm learning that acceptance creates a more peaceful life. My journey is mine and their journey is theirs. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to force people to change and do better because I loved them so much or I knew that they had such potential. But what I was realizing is that That's not fair to them. And it's not fair to myself. We should accept people for how they are and where they are. Perhaps that might be from a distance if it's not in alignment with where, you know, we are. Yeah. But our job and our work on this earth is not to change people. Our job is to accept people. And that is something that I had to learn in my twenties. I'm in my thirties now, but in my twenties, it was really hard to wrap my mind around that. Yeah. Especially when I started my healing journey. Cause then I wanted everybody to heal with me. I'm like, I'm healing. I want you to heal. I want you to heal. And people were looking at me like, girl, I don't want to heal. I'm not ready to heal yet. <laughs> exactly. I want to just sit where I am for a while. Yeah. Can I just stay in this belly for a while? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, it's, it can be frustrating, especially when we see people that we love. Yeah stuck in cycles that aren't serving them. But what we have to do, and this goes back to what I was just talking about, about bearing witness, people are watching us regardless. So the greatest permission that we can give someone is to lead by example, accept them for where they are and for who they are and lead by example. That's all we can do. 
Brilliant. And that sets you free. I mean, just as you're saying that, you know, you kind of feel those chains and that, that urgency that we can have as a, I mean, the parent being a parent, that there's that urgency all the time, but the best parenting comes from us releasing that, the best friendships, the best romantic relationships is when we just, because as you are healing, your own inner peace just exudes in kindness yes. and goodness to others. And then people are yes. just, hey, this is un- like I safe. like that. Yes. Yeah, safe space. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. so beautiful. Oh gosh, you know, you and I got this. I am so excited <laughs> that you're talking about this. Beautiful. Okay, next one. The older I get, the less I pretend to be okay when I'm not. Beautiful. I give myself permission to want, need, and receive emotional support. Carrying the yeah. weight of the world on my own is not serving me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be the strong woman. I don't want to be the strong one all the time. And I had to do a lot of unlearning around that because I saw my parents, my grandmother, my mother, her mother, aunts, completely abandoning themselves to serve others. And they were not happy. And they were not happy. And so I believe in service of others. I believe in service of others. I do not believe in abandoning ourselves as an act of love. And so what I have had to learn how to do is to ask for help and receive the help. This one thing to ask for the help. It's another thing to actually let someone show up for you and give you help. I'm learning that day by day. I've been married for six years, been with my husband nine years. And I think in intimate partnership, that can actually be really hard because it's like, Wow, I actually I'm like choosing to do life with someone and I have a built-in someone who is open and safe and willing to help me. I just have to ask and I have to name my needs. And it's not easy, but at the older I get, the more I am okay with not pretending to be like I'm to be okay. It's okay. I don't have to be okay. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. A lot of us will drop anything to go and help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? One of my resolutions for 2022 is to treat myself like I would my best friend. And one way I'm going to do this is to spend more time doing the things that make and bring me joy, such as walking my two puppies or reading novels in the bath. Therapy is another great way we can take care of ourselves. Indeed, you don't have to be in a crisis mode to benefit from therapy. Therapy can provide preventative and protective strategies so that when things do get tough, you'll know what to do. It's one of the best gifts you can give yourself. And this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. Cleaning up the mental mess listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash drleaf. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes.
And that's something that I had wished I had learned earlier. I was so trained in a clinical perspective in the 80s where it was you, you the therapist, you the professional, you know, and share your emotions. And it kind of carried over into, you know, into relationships. I was always the one mm. giving advice. And it's such a burden. It's always like going to a dinner party. I'm always the one giving advice. Now I, I, I love to just sit back. And so I just really related. It's the oxygen mask principle, isn't it? Yes. Put your own oxygen on before you can give someone else oxygen. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, incorrect if I can even say the word sexist kind of things, that the, the woman's just got to bear all these things and this so-called what a woman should be kind of so much wrong there, which we're breaking those molds, which is so good. Yes. Okay, yes. let's grab another one. The older I get, the less I care if people like me. That's a great one. I am committed <laughs> to liking myself and learning how to do that more each day. Other people liking me is a bonus. What yeah. wisdom. What, what wisdom. And as I read that, I think I know this, but I needed to read it. To remind myself that that's the way to be. So take that one away. You know, as someone who spent a lot of time people pleasing and shrinking myself for the comfort of others and wanting to be liked and wanting to be loved. And that stems from, you know, my childhood, never feeling enough, never feeling loved enough. And so I grew up as an adult, like really wanting people to be pleased by me, to, to like me. I would just be performing and like conforming. And it was just not healthy. And the older I get, the less I care if you like me or not. Like I like myself and I am focused on deepening the relationship and friendship and self-love that I have in my own personal practice of self-intimacy. Like I don't have time to worry about if someone doesn't like me or like that. And In my 20s, that would have been hard. In my teen years, that would have been hard. But in my 30s, I'm like, I feel good about where I am. I feel grounded in who I am. And that is the truth of my life right now. And that is what matters. And I have people who like me and love me and I will give my energy to them. That's beautiful. (laughs) Exactly. That's so valid and so beautiful. And I want to just throw in here just to add to that, because it's such an important one that we may People may say, oh, but isn't that being selfish? You know, there's a lot of religious kind of things that may go around. Isn't that being selfish? Isn't that like you were supposed to put others before yourself? Not if you actually dig deep because you cannot, if you don't like yourself, you're not going to like other people. You, It's going to come out as aggression. That loving others and being able to trust others comes from first trusting yourself. Yes. So it's not, a, it's actually increases. I always say this when I teach on identity is that you, you, it takes, it increases humility. That's the word I was looking for. What you've just described, that that went there. For immediately it was for me, I attached that concept to humility. Liking yourself increases your humility because you recognize the importance of others and the importance yes. of the value you can add to other people's lives. It, it makes you more humble. So yes. it's not making you narcissist. Because I know some people say, oh, that's going to make you a narcissist. No, not at all. If, you, if you're doing the genuine liking, you're actually increasing humility. What do you think about that? I think you're right. And I often say like, and I know people don't like this, but I I believe this, that loving others with intention is going to be really hard to do if you hate yourself. So, so I hear people say a lot, I can love other people and not love myself. And it's like, but why would you want to do that? Why would you want to give others the love that you are not giving yourself? That's not fair to you. And it's not fair to them because in all honesty, If you don't love yourself, it is going to be hard to genuinely, truly, authentically, 
compassionately, empathetically love someone else. Exactly. It won't be, it'll be a cognitive dissonance situation. It won't really be genuine. It will be a challenge. And And I don't, and a, and and a striving and you're never going to meet, you're never going to meet that goal if you do not practice your own self love. And I remember talking to my dear friend, her name is Nadra Tawab. And I know her. I've interviewed yes. her. She's fabulous. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. We were talking about self-care and she mentioned, and I bring this up a lot because it, as, as, a, as a caretaker and as a mother, it really resonated with me that when we leave the hospital after having a child, the doctors and, care, and, and nurses are saying, stay hydrated, continue your multivitamins, make sure you're eating. So that your milk, if you're nursing, your milk exactly. can come in mm-hmm. and it, it's healthy and all of that. And also, if you're not nursing, you'll have energy to get up and take care of that baby, right? Yeah. And so, and you'll be hydrated and you won't be lightheaded. That is self-care. They're not exactly. talking about that as self-care, but that is self-care. We're taking yeah. care of ourselves so that we can feed and nurse our children. We're taking care of ourselves so that we can, you know, be up and have the energy to to be with this little person who can't yet fend for themselves. So when we look at self-care and self-love, it is all cyclical and it pours mm-hmm. out into the people we're loving and caring and and in community with. It is so important. And like, I wouldn't want anybody to love me and care for me who hates themselves exactly. or who doesn't care for themselves. I don't want that. You go work on you. I will be here when you're exactly, ready. Exactly. It's going to come out as bitterness because people are going to get resentful because they, they see, oh, I'm giving you this give back. transactional. That's the way I was looking for. It'll turn yes. out being a transaction when love is not a transaction. Love is just no. a, a... It's complete, an action word. Yeah. It's a complete sentence and it's it, through yes. action. And you know, uh, just it's through action and just having... It, taking that just a little step further with the transactional thing, if you don't love yourself and you're trying to do everything you've just described, you will see their response as transactional. They're not, but you'll see if that's the lens. So if you don't love yourself, everything feels transactional. And that in itself is very soul destructive. Mm -hmm. And it takes away the wisdom. Oh my gosh. You and I have we could to talk about again. that. Oh, like, <laughs> we could okay, talk about so this forever. <laughs> all day. And I respect that you have another interview to go to. And so do I. So this is part one. We have to have you back again for part two, because Ooh, I didn't we'll even get to the 10th of what I wanted to do. I love talking to you. This has been amazing. Thank Absolutely you. Phenomenal. I love it. I love it. So I, I want to do justice to taking these concepts a little deeper. And I can see that in the future, what we could do is take like a concept and just dive into it and take it deep. Yeah. So thank Let's you so it. much for joining me today. And how can people get your book and get hold of you? So on Instagram, my name is just Alex. It's just at Alex. How We Heal is available for pre-order now. Everywhere books are sold. It comes out November 8th and I'll be coming to a city near you, possibly a seven city tour. And we're going to be healing together and talking and being in community. And I cannot wait. And then if you want to come learn from me in person, I have a residency at Savannah, C-I-V-A-N-A. It's in Carefree, Arizona. It is the place to be like, could you imagine living in a place called Carefree, Arizona for eight days? Wonderful. (laughs) So I teach there and then I also do quarterly courses. You can find all of that on alexl.com. And if you want to deepen your own meditation and personal journaling practice, and you're not perhaps, you know, in the space to come to a retreat, 
I, there's a lot of free offerings out there. Insight Timer. I have a, a lot of meditations on Insight Timer. That's an app. And then also on the app Ritual, I have a whole year of gratitude meditation on there that you can dive into. So I hope to share a space with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Carolyn, for having me. And I cannot wait to come back and talk to you again. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I can't wait either. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.